together. Hi, everybody. Ezra Levant here. How are you doing? It's great to see you again. We were off yesterday. It was Canada Day. And uh, I want to tell you that the loveliest Canada Day message I saw was not from any Canadian. Certainly not from Justin Trudeau, who I think is ashamed of Canada. It was from Boris Johnson, the UK Prime Minister. Did you see that, Justin? I mean, I have my beefs with Boris Johnson. I um, have been terribly disappointed with him on the pandemic and the lockdowns. I think he's been, like, he's, he's a funny character. He's great as a pundit. You know, he, he wrote for many years in, forget, The Spectator, The Telegraph, or someplace like that. Like, he's funny, and he's quippy, and he's got that crazy hair. Um, but he's a terrible manager. He's, I think, morally weak. He just goes one way or the other. Um, but he's so damn charming. That's why he has so many mistresses. That's why he manages to to win elections. He was the mayor of London. He's the prime minister of the UK. It's his charm. What can you say? He's a bit of an idiot. Um, but when he has to be, you know, he's got a great command of the English language, and he can say beautiful things that suddenly make you hate him less. That's my theory. Um, He's a complete BSer. Like, remember when he talked about painting? Can you call that one up next? I just want to, I'll show you afterwards. Just, Justin and I laugh so much about this other clip I'm talking about. But yesterday he said something really beautiful about Canada. Take a look, let's play the whole thing. I'm delighted to join your celebration of Canada Day. And on this occasion, words like friend and ally feel somehow inadequate. Britain and Canada share so much and the affinity between us runs so deep that I prefer to think of our two countries as not just friends but as family. That's why we work hand in glove across the world as a combined force for good. Canada is the only country that sits alongside the UK in the G7, the G20, NATO, Commonwealth and the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance. In some uh, capitals around the world, our diplomats actually share the same embassy. All of this is entirely natural because we cherish the same freedoms, we stand for the same ideals, and by and large, we believe in the same causes. So let's work together even more intensively to build back better after COVID, protect our planet from climate change, promote clean and green development across the world, achieve a fantastic new free trade agreement as swiftly as possible, make sure that we do that deal on cheese, and stand up for freedom, democracy, and human rights, wherever they're threatened. Thank you. How nice was that? I thought, I mean, you don't often hear um, birthday wishes to include a reference to cheese, but... I guess it's a big deal. Um, I'm irritated by his um, climate obsession, his wind turbine obsession. But like I say, put that all aside. How are you not going to take that from a guy with messy hair and a twinkle in his eye, speaking, you know, obviously a written script for him. But Justin, does that not make you feel better? Does that, like that is just plain old nice. Tell you one thing. That's more pro-Canada than I've heard from Justin Trudeau, or for that matter, Aaron O'Toole, certainly more than Jagmeet Singh. So many people in Ottawa think that the new way to get ahead is to hate Canada, to actually cancel Canada. Cancel culture has moved from an obscure part of the universities to the popular culture, and now even to government itself. Um, you know that shot putter? In America, did you see that? That woman who came, can you put her image up there? I mean, what's so brazen about that story is that she is on Team America. She's on the American national team. It's not a black team or a white team or a left-handed team or a right-handed team. What is the salient characteristic of, the, of Team America? It is American. 
So if you don't like America, you should not try out to be on Team America. Maybe there's another country in the world you like better. But um, I can't think, I mean, if I, you know, people who hate Canada, we talked about this on the show the other day. A lot of people want to tear down Canada. A lot of people want to tear down America, tear down the UK. To them, I say, okay, tell me where you'd rather be. Because it's not good enough to say, well, I have this utopian idea. Or we'll figure that out afterwards. No, no. You can't tear something down without first knowing what you're going to build up. And, and um, if you are wearing green hair and have pierced your whole self a hundred times over and you're depressed and you're living in your basement, parents' basement and you're gender confused and you're depressed and your life is a total mess... You may not quite be the person to figure out what this new utopia is. As Jordan Peterson says, start by cleaning your own room. You want to fix the world? How about clean your own room? How many woke, insane people want to rebuild the entire world but can't get their own act together? Am I right on that? Holy moly. Put that picture back up. Thank you for finding it. This is that American shot putter. Um... She hates America. She says she can't wait to win in the Olympics so she can disparage America. The funny thing is she started out, there's a, there's a twofer picture. There's a picture that's on Twitter. I don't worry if you can't find it. She used to love America. Her own website has pictures of her holding the American flag. Those were older posts until she got some hate sponsor. Seriously, she got a sponsorship that has encouraged her to hate America. And not only does she do so, but um, she's changed her look. So she looks like some dystopian creature. Remember we looked at that series of, I think the art world would call them, that's just a neutral picture. She looks very sporty there. That's her website now, is it? Okay, she purged all the American flags from her her website until like two days ago. Had a lot of American flags on. She forgot to purge them when she started dissing America. Why are you on activist athlete? So that's her thing, not best athlete, activist athlete. I guess she's getting on that gravy train. Can you type in a Portuguese word in Twitter for me? Antes, A-N-T-E-S. That means before. Uh, a depois. Antes, A-E-T-D-E-P-O-I-S. I think. I'm going, I don't know Portuguese. That means before and after. And um, in the art world, there's a diptych. It's two, two pieces of art that you display together. They're part of a theme. Uh, there was this Twitter account. It's probably taken down for being too mean. It was called Antes et Depois. It was photos of beautiful young people in Brazil, from every background. And if you know anything about Brazil, you know it's a very multiracial place. You have indigenous, you know, uh, the original peoples of South America. You have um, descendants of slaves who are freed. You have descendants of the Spanish and Portuguese. Obviously, it's a Portuguese-speaking place. You, you have migrants. from. It is a very rich uh, it's a fascinating place. I've never been, I should tell you. I want to go. So you have these beautiful people of every background. They're like 17, 18, whatever. And then they go to this state university in Brazil and they come out crazy dystopian. Can you find it? There's nothing showing up? You know what? I bet it's been dystopian. Anyhow, all it is is a series of the day they started this university, how beautiful they look, the boys and the girls, full of promise, and then like afterwards, how insane they are, how weaponized they are against themselves. Just, it's a shame. It's a shame. It makes no sense. But if you want to be on Team America, then you should be on Team America. If you hate America, why, why did you try so hard to get on the team? Why did you elbow out everyone else who wants to be on the American team if you hate the American team? That's the thing about the Olympics. It's not, it's not like the NFL, which is a bunch of different teams, and they represent different regions or different whatever. 
Team America is you're representing America against the other teams in the world. It's so essentially American. And if that's what you hate, don't go. Anyways. Um, so it was Canada Day. I think Trudeau actually um, is like one of these. Actually, I don't think Trudeau means it. I think Trudeau loves the privileges and the riches and the luxuries and the power that come from Canada for him. I think, though, he sees the benefit in stirring up racial dissent. You know, I just tweeted two moments ago. Can you look at my tweet from two moments ago? I just went online and I checked. You know how many boil water advisories there are in... um, Maybe I didn't push publish. I didn't. There, I just pushed publish right there. You know how many um, boil water advisories there are in Canada right now? Take a guess. 51. 51. There are 51 boil water advisories. Trudeau is fomenting racial division in Canada to distract from his own failures. He promised to end drinking water advisories on Indian reserves by 2021. In fact, there are 51 boil water advisories on reserves, 13 new ones last year and four new ones this year already. That's, you know what, I I, I should have attached that to when when those grassy, uh, grassy narrows reserve had mercury poisoning and they came to his speech and he said, thank you for your donation. So, If you were Justin Trudeau, it's hard doing real things. It's hard negotiating for vaccines against 200 other countries in the world. It's hard fixing drinking water in a northern reserve with very poor infrastructure. Those are hard things that you probably need some real world skill. And you can't just give a TED Talk speech and and make that heart symbol and... um, and then collect a speaking fee. Like Trudeau's whole life was show up, say some nice words, make that heart symbol, and grab the check and go. He's never had a protracted problem that he had he couldn't run away from or delegate. Who, who are you going to delegate buying vaccines, bidding against Donald Trump as it was at the time, and, and Vladimir Putin or whatever? So if you're Justin Trudeau, do you really want to solve Indian problems? Maybe you actually do, but you've got no clue how. I mean, you got that little tattoo on your shoulder. Wasn't that enough? Hey, hey, guys, I got the, I have the Aboriginal tattoo on my shoulder. Isn't that enough to get me out of this mess? What, there's still 51 drinking water advisories? Um, Yeah. So um, I think he's loving it. Now, I'm going to do my whole show on this tonight, but I want to show you what happened at the Manitoba legislature yesterday on Canada Day. So the Manitoba legislature is what you think it is. It's the seat of power. Manit- Winnipeg is the largest city. It's the capital city. It's by far the most dominant place and powerful place in all of Manitoba. It's where Brian Pallister has his office, of course. And there's statues there of Queen Victoria and Queen Elizabeth, and both were torn down, not in the dead of night, not secretly, but rather in the middle of the day on Canada Day with dozens of police standing by and watching. Take a look. Yeah. Um, So there's lots of different shots from different angles. These people were not, yeah, look at that. I think those are two different statues, right? I think the first was Queen Elizabeth. I think the second was Queen Victoria. Um, I saw a report on the CBC. The headline was, One Arrested. I thought, oh, they arrested one person. That's odd. There was a couple dozen people involved. And then I saw, you want to call it the CBC story? Um... The guy who was arrested, if I'm reading the news right, was a counter-protester. 
So apparently, and, and again, the details were sort of sketchy. One guy showed up, two statues of queens, top of the Manitoba legislature. And then um, can you find the word stun? Like uh, use con- you, that search. Um, there we go. At one point after the Queen Victoria statue was pulled down, police shocked a man with a stun gun and arrested him while others lobbed objects their way and yelled profanities. The circumstances of the arrest remain unclear. The crowd on the grounds was largely largely peaceful um, prior to the man's arrest, in which police pushed a throng back to take him into custody. Uh, I, sorry, it was another report I read, but it had the same general information. I think that guy was a counter-protester. That's why police had to push the crowd back. They took the one counter-protester out, and it sounds like they tasered him. Um, there's a picture, I don't know if it was in that CBC story or another one. Um, of dozens of police. Like tons of police. There were a lot, yeah, that, there you go. Look at that, just right there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's, there's ten fo- cops right in that little area. I'm guessing that's the guy they, they tasered. They didn't stop the statues from coming down. Broad day, and, and look at the, the brazen confidence of, now those are just, few people standing there. I don't know if those ones pulled them down, but no one was shy. No one was covering their face. They were pulling it down. Do you have that clip of Trudeau that we used with Drea the other day where the 16 second one? So, so besides tearing down statues, what, did you really think it would stop with John A. McDonald? Did you really think it would stop with city halls tearing down statues? If city halls and universities and provinces can tear down statues, why can't a mob? Not a word against this from from so many different authorities. Why would there be? They don't want the mob to come for them next. So tearing down statues is terrible. It's a crime. It's the symbolism that they want to tear down everything those statues represent. What does Queen Elizabeth represent? She represents the entire establishment, the entire structure of our society. Churches are even, it's even worse to go after the churches. So many churches torched. I think we're up to about 20 churches in Canada, either torched or vandalized in other ways. Finally, Trudeau was asked about it. Now, I timed this. He talks about it for 16 seconds, the first 10 of which is, I'd like to say something about the... So the first 10 is sort of pre... He literally spends six seconds on the substance of these churches being torched. Take a listen. Hey, I also want to talk about the arson and vandalism we're seeing across the country targeted at Catholic churches. This is not the way to go. The destruction of places of worship is unacceptable, and it must stop. We must work together to right past wrongs, Everyone has the role to play, not just institutions and organizations, but all Canadians, Indigenous and non-Indigenous. Hey, um, Justin, thanks very much for telling me I've got a role to play. What's my role to play in those 51 drinking water advisories? Like I say, um, 13 new ones last year, four new ones this year already. Uh, what's my role to play in that, Justin? But my favorite is that this is not the way to go. Wow. Woo. You showed them. You showed them. Hey, guy. It's, that sounds like something uh, that the dude in the great, uh, the great, the big Lebowski. Did you ever see that movie, The Big Lebowski? I saw that the other day. That's a funny one. Very quirky. Jeff Bridges, is that who that is? Very quirky show. Philip Seymour Hoffman in there, too, does a good job. Actually, lots of great performances in that one. Steve Buscemi, I think, is in that, if I'm not mistaken. 
dude, this is not the way to go, man. Well, that'll stop them. I see a super chat. Juice Moose, they can find $2 billion a year to give to China, but can't scrape together $200 million to hire engineers to go fix the water problems they and previous governments caused by making natives dependent on the federal government. Look, I don't know a lot about um, drinking water. I just don't. But um, they've had six years. And last year, I want to let you know that drinking water advisories, some are fixed and new problems arise. Last year, we lost ground in Canada. The number went up. The net number went up. Why? How can there be new ones? Look, the amount of money sloshing around. Why can't you, why can't you drill, drill a well? Drill a well? I don't know. It's just shocking to me. And how does a boil water advisory help the problem when it's mercury in the water? I don't think that's fixed by boiling. Super you, Sojourner, you only get arrested for protesting in Manitoba if it's not against the lockdowns. If it's not against the lockdowns. I think you, you mean if it is against the lockdowns. Um, yeah, I mean, Maxime Bernier was arrested in Manitoba for peacefully talking to supporters. That's the leader of a national political party arrested but you have 100 people pull down some statues, police will help you. They'll taser the guy who's opposed to you. Um, yeah, very, very bad. Our own Drea Humphrey and Matt Brevner went to some of these churches in rural BC, not rural, but um, the interior BC, and uh, talked to a number of people in the community uh, do we have any clips from that, or do you just have the whole thing? Because it's a long... You know, there's this one guy they talked to who says how much he loved the church. I just thought it was really touching. Maybe it's in the cold open. I can't recall. Let's just take a look. You know, she went there, and if I've, I've watched this uh, video a few times, different versions of it. And um, if I recall, there's only one person that Dre interviewed that supports the arson, and it's some, <laughs> oh my God, is she straight out of central casting for your middle-aged woke white woman. I'm sure her name is Karen. Sorry to all the Karens out there. Who says, yeah, I think those arsons are justified. And she literally says, oh, you know, I can say that because like my brother-in-law is, uh, is Indian. So um, I can totally say I'm for burning these churches down. Not your own church, eh, lady? So you're willing if... If a local Indian band is going to have its church and community center burned down and you go back to your white suburbs, well, that's a price you're willing to pay for them. It's just so gross. The only person who was in support of the, the arson was some white woman. Take a look. There's my mom and got me. I love that church. I loved it. And I don't like seeing it all pile of crap. I hope they rebuild or do something. Man, everyone got married and buried in that church. Everybody. Right from my grandpas, my uncles, my aunts. It was a good place for me. My thoughts is that it has to do with the Kamloops residential school children that were murdered. So, and I made a comment about that on Twitter. And so that's what I feel has happened here, is my guess. Did you hear that the children... And she goes on to say she supports... I just want to interrupt because she, you heard her say murdered, right? But there's no allegation that they were murdered. It's not a mass grave. The allegation is that it's a cemetery where the graves are not properly marked. Graves have fallen into disrepair or whatnot, which sometimes happens in cemeteries. By the way, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which studied this matter in great depth, estimated that there are thousands of these grave sites, not grave sites, thousands of graves. And uh, their estimate is that about 48% of the deaths were from tuberculosis, which is a preventable disease, but it, especially if you're talking about 100 years ago, life expectancy in Canada was 50 almost 30 years less than it is now, and for Aboriginal people, it was lower. These children were not murdered. 
What a stupid woman. Rumble, Chronic Bot 99, the dictator never does anything. He loves to tell us that we need to do better. Yeah, it's not true. All right, well, let's stop talking about the problems of Canada for a minute and talk about the problems of Australia. Um, this is a video from Avi Yamini, our Australian correspondent, about a woman who has a mask exemption because she has asthma. And... Um, she was on the train and she had an exemption. And as you may know, you don't have to prove your, you don't have to show your exemption to anyone. That law is common in Canada, the UK, Australia. But these cops obviously were flustered. They didn't know the law as well as she did. And they were two big burly cops and she's a young woman. And I guess that offended their masculinity or something. So look what they did. There's a young woman on a train in Australia who has a mask exemption, but these two thug cops don't know what to do about it, so they panic. Take a look. You can't travel on a train. I can travel on a train. I have an exemption. Come with me. Excuse me. That is my bag. Give me my fucking bag. I'm going to take you all the outside the railway station. So keep filming. Do you feel like a really big man? Do you feel like a big man? You've just taken a, a young girl's bag off her because she won't present a mask exemption to you. My immediate emotional response was, no, that's my that's my property. What you've done is wrong. You can't even have my property. This is just going too far. And I was so overwhelmed. Like, the emotion, it was just intense. The video you're about to watch is probably one of the most egregious abuses of police power in New South Wales in the name of COVID so far. You need to watch it from beginning to end, hear the breakdown from a lawyer, and then share it far and wide because the mainstream media, well, they're not going to share it, and they're certainly not going to break it down for you. A young mother in Newcastle, New South Wales, was on a train alone when police confronted her for not wearing a mask. This is what happened. On public transport, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. That's okay. fine. I have an exemption. I don't need a mask. Have I have an exemption. I don't need to show you my exemption? exemption. I have asthma. I'm an asthma sufferer. I don't wear a mask ever. All right. So, I'm sorry. Well, you can't travel on a train. I can travel on a train. I have an exemption. I have an Where? exemption. Do you need to film? Pardon? Do you need to film? He's filming. No. I'm not Does a threat to you. To I'm a single person on the train without a mask on because I have an exemption. That's all right. We'll That's take fine. your details. You don't have to take my details. I don't. Need, I'm not. I'm not obliged to give you my details. I know my rights. I know I'm my sure rights. Sure, you do. Yes. So you can ask away. You are not getting my details, and I do not need to give you my mask exemption. I don't even need to speak to you. Come with me. Excuse me. That's my. Me. That's my personal bag. Come with me. Excuse me. You can't do this. Come with me. I don't need to. Excuse me. That is my bag. So now I have you, your picture. Now, now you so have now my have bag. You have Can my you bag. No, I can't. I'm not giving you identification. That is my bag. Give Keep me my filming. fucking bag. Give me my bag. Why are you doing this, please? You don't need to do this. I just, I think I was just in disbelief. That's all I can describe well, it as. It was, it, it was pretty shocking, and it was confronting to watch. And we're sorry that it happened to you. Mm. Um, why didn't you just give him your name and address? Well, I was just, um, I was under the impression that, you know, according to the guidelines, I was, I was. The video goes on for a bit and Avi interviews a lawyer who says, actually, um, you do have to give your name and address to police. You only have to state it. You don't have to show any ID. And if you don't state it, they have to tell you it's an offense not to state it to encourage you to do so. So actually, it was a very, I learned a lot watching that video. I'm not going to play the whole thing because I don't know how many folks are watching in Australia. I think it's, I forget what time it is in Australia. I don't think we have a lot of Australian viewers at this hour because I think it's the dead of night over there. I'll just tell you right now. It's 2.29 a.m. in Melbourne, so no one's watching. But um, I would encourage uh, my Australian friends to watch the rest of that video, you do not have to show your exemption card. You don't have to divulge your personal and private medical details just to some some guy who says, show me. No, that's private. And that, again, is the law 
in most jurisdictions. So that was a, a very frustrating. But you, you understand what happened there, eh? So these two cops are saying this woman get off the train. Not because she doesn't have a ticket, but because she doesn't have a mask and she says, I'm exempt. That should be the end of it. But um, so they, they grab her bag and say her bag, which she must need. Who knows what's in there? And they just take it from that. That, that really is theft. That's a tort of theft or uh, trying to think of the fancy legal terms, detinue or, or like that's trespass to property. I don't know what the exact tort would be called. You can't take someone's stuff. You just can't take someone's stuff. Looking at the super chats, Jesus loves all his children. She was mugged. That's exactly what that was. MVP 9337, hi, Rebel from Down Under. Well, hello, what are you doing up so late? Um, I tell you, we have so much news in Australia, it's amazing. Oh, and by the way, we're expanding our team in Australia. We just brought aboard a, a new writer who's going to help us get written stories from Down Under, and they're going to be published on Australian time. So this is the middle of our workday here in Canada. Um, so this is when we're busy, but obviously it makes no sense to publish a bunch of stories at 2.30 a.m. in Melbourne time. So uh, we're hiring folks in Australia to make sure that um, we're in sync with the Australian time. We have another uh, video from Australia about a, uh, an Aussie man versus police again on the mask. That mask is so crazy. It's so crazy what people the power that mask has, because it's a symbol. It's the symbol of your submission. It's, you know, I've already told you that I know a young woman who, uh, I won't give away her identity, it's probably a private story, but she said that she lived in a Muslim land and um, she didn't want to wear a hijab, and when when she didn't, that lost her friends. She lost friends when she became a teenager and had to wear that and she didn't want to wear it. And now she's in Canada now, and it's the same way with the mask. She didn't want to wear a hijab, she didn't want to wear a mask, and she lost friends over it. People marginalize her. They're not actually afraid she's going to be sick or they get her. No one is afraid they're going to be. If, if you were afraid of someone without a mask, you wouldn't go up to them and say, I'm afraid that you... In fact, no one even says, I'm afraid you don't have a mask. They say, where's your mask? If I have to wear one, you do. Follow the rules. No one ever, you ever notice that? No one ever actually says, I'm afraid of you. Because they're not. And if they were, they would be running the other direction. Anyways, uh, here's that. Here's that. How, many, how long is this mask, babe? 90 seconds. Let's take a look. I can see what you're doing. You don't see the one. Hey, you do not see the one. You cannot walk away. I can do Walk away. What has she done? Walk away. What has she done? Walk away. What has she done? Walk away. Hindering police. What is the arrestation? The senior sergeant, the senior constable, has dealt with it for running out. And I'm still with it for the last arrest all of us. What is she guilty of? What is she guilty of? Don't be careful, Mark, 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 Mark. Oh, fuck me, you guys are bastards. Me, you guys are bastards. Hey, come on, stop resisting. You're under arrest. Stop what about this fat bloke here? I've got it all on film. I've got it on film. I'm sure you do. Oh, oh you God. are stop pathetic. Stop it, I'm down. You're yeah. a fucking fool. What's your name? What oh, is, how pathetic stop are you Get people? Stop it. Right, what is your name? You've got it already. I don't have it already. You wouldn't let me film it. Well, sure, I fucking What up with your bullshit? You guys are. Who are you acting for? The people or your government? You're under arrest, too. Oh, for God's sake, give me that last phone. You're under arrest. You know, I, I hadn't watched that all the way through until now. I'm sorry, what's the difference between that and a police state? I was just talking about, I, 
I was, you know, what is the difference between that and Venezuela and Russia and Iran and China? Putting a woman in the back of a police truck because she's not wearing a mask. And then another guy comes to object and they smash his face against, and he's a senior. They smash his face against the truck and they smash him on the ground. And then a woman, I presume to be the wife of the old man, is filming it. And then they arrest her too and obviously grab her. I remember when there was a time not long ago, in fact, I'd say 18 months ago, when if you were to see a video like that from Russia, from Iran, from Venezuela, from China, you would have a field day and say, police state, authoritarian, um, you would be outraged. But now it's happening here, that's Australia. Are we helping that? Do we, or do we know what's going on? I, I actually haven't watched this whole video through to the you know, it's 2.30 a.m. there in Melbourne, so I'm not going to call Avi now. But my God, that makes me want to contact that all three people who were victimized there. And I don't know what city that was in. I didn't see the police badge. If that was in the state of Victoria or in New South Wales. When I see that, I get very upset. And the reason I'm upset is because there's a juxtaposition of two things, of a police state and a citizenry that's still acting like they're free. So if that were in the aforementioned authoritarian countries, the citizens would be conditioned to run away, to obey, to um, be less naive, and to be less uh, critical because they would know all of those paths would lead to ruin. So what you see is uh, the lucky country, Australia, uh, with happy, normal citizens who grew up with an expectation of limited, restrained, respectful, community-based policing with the consent of the community, like normal policing who are still thinking they're in some pre-2020 world. They're still living and expecting the world to be free. And they think that this is an anomaly, and they think that somehow they're protected from what they're seeing just feet away from them. The woman thought, there's no way I'm going to be put in the back of a police van. That's for criminals. The man thought, there's no way I'm going to get in trouble. These cops are going to be in trouble. The lady filming and narrating thought, there's no way this is possible. I'm going to film this and that'll stop it. All of them were wrong. And um, I'm just shocked. I'm going to talk to Avi when we, you know, we have a meeting every day at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time, which is, what's that, 7? What's that? 5 p.m. So it would be four hours from now. Avi gets up early in the morning, joins our calls in his PJs. I don't know if you know that. So our calls in four hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, so it's 7 a.m. Melbourne time. Avi joins our, our calls in his PJs. Um, but we have a daily call with him with the whole team, just so he feels like he's part of the team, and he is part of the team. And we talk about things, and it's fun, because he's so, he's just as funny in real life. Would you say he's just as funny in real life as he is? He's, he's always a hoot, he's very clever, he's very witty, he's got a great attitude, high energy, great nose for news, very courageous, uh, very resourceful. And uh, as you know, he's a Rebbe Award winner, you know, uh, Best Builder Award. And I think John Cleese, um, Uh, narrated that video. <clears throat> what I mean by that is uh, when we had our Rebbe Awards, I got that, have you ever heard of Cameo? That's, um, you can get celebrities to do um, little birthday greetings or whatever. And one of the things we had was um, 
celebrities read the Rebbe Awards for the winners. Is it, a, is it a dumb idea to take people's time to show those? I just really like, I got some of them handy here. I'm going to send you the, um, just for Avi, I'm going to send you, I don't know if this is the whole thing, but I just sent you the Rebbe Award for Avi. Let me know if you can play that. It's sort of fun that this John Cleese, and um, there were some other really good ones there. I think we played some of these before, haven't we? Yeah. And, um, all right, I'll put this away. Okay, go ahead. Hello. Now, this is a, um, a special message from uh, Ezra Levant, and it is for Avi, Avi Yemeni. And Ezra says, Avi, that you um, win the Rebel News Award for Best Builder. And that's terrific. But I don't understand because later on Ezra says you're a reporter, editor, advocate, and friend. So I don't know what building has got to do with being a reporter, but uh, you know, sometimes I'm not given all the information that I might need. But what Ezra says, and it's, I've got to say it's extraordinarily impressive, he says that you single-handedly change the political discussion in Australia. It really sounds extraordinary, particularly with uh, Uncle Rupert and his stranglehold, and that you gave hope to the little people uh, punished by the lockdown. So that's terrific. And then Ezra says he's a great reporter, a great editor, a great advocate, and a great friend, which is a lovely thing to say. So, Ava Yemeni, it seems to me that you're a rather remarkable person and you have a good, loyal and uh, splendid friend in Ezra Levant. So, I wish I knew a little bit more about this, but uh, it sounds terrific and I just want to say, Avi, thank you. We need good reporting, good editing now as we've never needed before. And uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen my tweets. I am appalled by the newspapers in England. Um, Rupert Murdoch was the first to take them down market and they all followed him meekly. And now, apart from the Financial Times, I do not have a single paper that I basically trust. In my home country, it really does depress me. Never mind. You've done a great job, Avi. Thank you for what you've done. Um, to single-mindedly change the political discussion, Australia's extraordinary things were done. So well done. Um, thanks to Ezra Levant for asking me to send this uh, message to Avi. And I wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and many, many years of your great reporting. Bye. Well, thanks for letting me show you that. I know it was a bit of a tangent, and sometimes I do go on those. But we, I was just thinking fun, friendly thoughts of my friend Avi. And um, I love talking about Rebbe Award winners, including uh, Rebbe, and Rebbe Award winner uh, David Menzies, who won for Best Pandemic Reporting. I think he deserves it, <clears throat> especially in those early days. Um, it was great. Well, I'll have to, we'll have to put our th heads together, Justin about what to do for this year's Rebbies and for this year's Christmas get-together. Um, but back to Avi and that videotape of the three Australians who were all arrested in, in quick order. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? That <clears throat> those Australians, the reaction they have, let's say you were, I mean, I know people from, our friend Mocha is from Turkey. I would call it a partially free place. There are elections, there are courts, but I... I don't think you can trust them that much. The rule of law is not strong. There's, there's corruption. Um, it's a th I would call it authoritarian. Same with Russia. You can leave. Um, but it, but, so it's not totalitarian, but it's authoritarian. Um, people from authoritarian places are very different when they're out and about. If I had to choose one word to describe how they are, it would be afraid. I think I've told you before that I have uh, family members um, who came from uh, the former Soviet Union. Some of them came over in the brief period of detente uh, under Jimmy Carter in the late 70s, and then others came after the Berlin Wall fell. 
and to hear them describe their lives uh, in the Soviet Union, fear and caution outward. You could have some honest and private and truthful conversations with a very small group of people who you trusted, but when you went out of your house, you had to put on your public face. Never let people know what you're actually thinking. If you're upset by something, don't let it show. Bite your tongue. You would, in the, in the former Soviet Union, you would never interfere with a cop making an arrest. Am I right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like here, there's a cop doing something. What's the natural instinct? What's going on? Let's go see. I guess maybe they would do that in the Soviet Union, but they sure wouldn't get close. They sure wouldn't talk to the cops. And you would never in a million years try to stop the cops. You do that, you're going to Siberia too. So what you have is a vestige of the old civil liberties loving, natural freedom, low stress, high trust lifestyle Australians encountering this authoritarian police state, I'll do what I want, I don't understand the law, but I understand it gives me power to do brutish things to people. I used to only do brutish things to other brutes. I used to only do brutish things to violent criminals. So when I roughed up a violent criminal, no one was that mad because he was a violent criminal and it takes tough men to do the dirty work. But now those tough men are going after a grandma who's not wearing a mask. Those tough men are going after a asthmatic mom on a train and stealing your, stealing your backpack. So something's got to change. Either the world, including Canada, and I, I'm going to play the Tyler Shandro video next. Uh, either the world has to defang these out-of-control police and cut them back down to size. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, hey, how about go, go fight some crime? Can you do that? And I mean a, a crime, not, not a fake crime, not a mask crime, not a church's open crime. Can you go fight some crime, please? Like shootings, you know, that's, that's what I mean by crime. You, you'll know because it's in the criminal code. So either the cops have to change or the people will have to change. We'll have to no longer assume that cops are our friends. We'll have to no longer assume that there will be a rule of law, that you will be treated reasonably, that police will exercise their discretion in a reasonable way. We will have to live like people lived in the former Soviet Union. Be terrified of cops, run the other way, don't make eye contact, never engage, don't tell the truth. I think that's what's going to happen. It's not tenable otherwise. Now, um, I saw a video coming out of Alberta yesterday, out of Calgary, of the disgraced health minister out there, Tyler Shandro, the one who was in that Sky Palace party, just for those of you who don't know, there's a skyscraper in Edmonton, and a former premier had like a secret apartment built in there, like his luxury apartment, and... And it became a scandal because it was millions of dollars to build this like ultra cool apartment in this tower overlooking the city. It, it was like what, like, I mean, it was really a, a over the top. And it became a defining scandal. Yeah, so, so would you look at that? So this is the patio of the Sky Palace. And um, there's Tyler Shandro at the right there. He's the health minister. So this is an illegal gathering. It's mixing households without masks. It's, a, it's dining. This was banned, but they did it anyways. Really, I don't know why we haven't hired a lawyer to do a private prosecution. I really don't know why we haven't. So um, it's like Animal Farm, that last scene where all the pigs are drinking liquor and the animals, that, is it the farmer or is it the pig? It's, you know... All animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. So Tyler Shandro, the hypocrite, the lawbreaker, the scofflaw, the untrustworthy cheater who was there at the Sky Palace drinking $50 a bottle of liquor, 
while ordering police to arrest Christian pastors and lock down businesses. That same corrupt Tyler Shandro was at a Canada Day event yesterday with his kids. And some hecklers, who I understand are affiliated with a fringe candidate for mayor out there named Kevin J. Johnson, um, they started heckling Shandro uh, in the presence of his kids. And one of them said to the kids, your dad's a war criminal, which is a dumb thing to say because there's no war going on. It's, it's not, I mean, I know what war crimes are. What um, some of them are, it's, it's not a war crime. Maybe, maybe he meant to say something else. But look, um, my view is don't, don't bug children. Don't drag children into things. Don't scare someone's children. If a politician is with his children, don't, don't engage. Um, I, I acknowledge that there's a blurry line when you're a public person at a public event and you bring your kids along. Does that mean you're immune from heckling? I think it's a dumb thing to say you're a war criminal because he's not involved in a war. Um, what he's doing against Albertans may be unlawful, unethical, immoral, unconstitutional, illegal, but it's not a war. But putting aside that verbal thing and lock him up belongs in jail, um, well, he locked up other people for breaking the health laws, so maybe he does belong in jail. I'm not against the heckle, lock him up, you belong in jail. I'm not against heckles that are technically inaccurate, like he's a war criminal. I just think that sounds goofy, but it's not, shouldn't be against the law to heckle a politician who has been so abusive and such a cheater himself. Um, do you have that video handy? So here's the video, and I just, before I play it, I just want to be clear, I don't believe in harassing anyone's family. Now, there are some exceptions where the family is just as political as the, you know, for example, the president and Jill Biden, the first lady. Like, I think that Sophie Trudeau in Canada, she's estranged from Justin, they don't live together, she really doesn't do any public duties anymore. Once a year, she poses for a photo with him, and it's very uh, tense. I don't think Sophie Trude, I, you know, when she was doing weird public things, I think she was fair game. I think Sophie Trudeau is a private citizen now. Do you think so, too? Like, when was the last time you saw her do anything? Like, like seriously, once in a blue moon, she pops up in, like, some PR photo. But, she, for example, she did not accompany uh, Justin Trudeau to the G7. But you'll notice all the other leaders had their spouses there. Did you see that? Um, so Sophie Trudeau, I would say she's estranged from, estranged from Justin Trudeau. I don't think they're divorced, but I think probably they're legally separated. She's not in the public domain. She's not doing public events. She's not doing political events. Neither are the kids. I mean, they pose for the odd family photo, but I do not think that Sophie Trudeau is a public person anymore. That may change. I think he'll pressure her to do a campaign event, but maybe not even, maybe not even. Um, I think Tyler Shandro's kids and his wife are not public people, but he took them to a public event. Don't pick on private people, don't pick on families, don't pick on kids, but you know what? I'm not against heckling abusive political leaders who themselves have ordered the arrest of, for example, Tim Stevens in front of his beautiful children. It's a bit hard for me to feel a tremendous sense of pity for the exact politician who sent people away to prison for weeks because they broke the same law he did at the Sky Palace, and he arrested Pastor Tim Stevens in front of his crying children I'm sorry of all the four and a half million people in Alberta to be embarrassed. I think Tyler Shandro, it's like you were the one who ordered other families destroyed for breaking some health rule. You were the one who ordered other dads to be arrested in front of their crying children. I really don't feel a lot of sympathy for you. I, I, I don't recommend, like I say, I don't believe in criticizing people's families or if they're private personal families but my god i just don't have any 
heart left over for Tyler Shandro because I was too busy caring about his victims, including Tim Stevens. Here, look at the video for yourself. Two sons. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's some, uh, some anxiety on, uh, on that. Um, you know, for for them to, to hear people have, you know, believing some of the misinformation about vaccines uh, has been unfortunate. They've hurt a lot of people. And we want them to answer for their actions and what they've done over the past 15 months. So there you go. Now that guy at the very end, um, the media says, the mainstream media says he is affiliated with Kevin Johnson, who's a candidate for mayor, who's in jail out there right now. Um, and I assume he is. Lock Shandro up. That's not a nice thing to say, but that's what Shandro says to Christian pastors. So I, I don't really understand what the problem there is. Thousands of businesses you've destroyed and lives you've destroyed. Fact check, true. Your lies, fact check, true. Sky Palace, fact check, true. Enjoy your freedom before you're jailed. I don't think he's going to be jailed. And then Chandra says his kids had some anxiety. I believe that. Then he says this is anti-vax people. No, you liar. It was about you in general. I didn't hear the word vaccine one bit there. So um, uh, the media is very sympathetic to Tyler Shandro, which I haven't seen before. Can you grab the footage of what Tyler Shandro did to Tim Stevens and his kids? I do not want kids to be political footballs uh, or punching bags. Have I said that like 10 times in the last 10 minutes? But let me show you what Tyler Shandro did to the children of Tim Stevens. Did they have some anxiety? By the way, Tyler Shandro ordered um, Pastor Stevens' arrest, not once, but twice. And um, take a look for yourself. Hey, guys. Not too close, not too close. Okay, guys, step back, please. Bye, Dad. I love you very much. Okay? Okay. Christ will build his church. We're going to continue to bring you details. Um, yeah, so of all the people in 4.5 million Albertans to feel sorry for, I just can't muster it for Tyler Shandro. For his kids, sure, I feel bad for his kids. Um, but for Tyler Shandro, he's the wicked man who did what we just showed you there to Tim Stevens' crying children twice now. I think Tyler Shandro is a disgrace, and I think that he should not take his children out to public events anymore, because I think it's to be expected that millions of Albertans hate Tyler Shandro for what he has done, and it is a constitutional right to speak truth to power, Section 2B of our Constitution allows us freedom of speech, expression, 
I sometimes say there's no human right not to be offended. That's a counterfeit human right not to be offended. There's no such thing. That's a power of the state to order you not to say something. That's, that's not a right. But luckily, there is a right to be offended. And again, they, they didn't have that right in the former Soviet Union. You couldn't be offended about something. You couldn't talk back about something. You couldn't push back against the state here in Canada and in America, in the United Kingdom, and Australia, and other parts of the Anglosphere. Very luckily, we do have a right to be offended. And of the 4.5 million Albertans who have been punished these last year and a half by Tyler Shandro, it's actually their constitutional right to be offended by that um, cabinet minister, that politician, that cheating Sky Palace lawbreaker. It's their right to be offended and to say so. So my advice, father to father, is don't take your kids with you because now you know a little reminder of how much you're hated. Maybe that's fair, maybe it's not. I think it's fair that he's hated because he's done things that we should hate. We should hate a man who orders pastors to be locked up, whether it's Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, or Tyler Shandro. Um, by the way, when that was filmed, Tim Stevens was still in prison on Canada Day when the lockdown was allegedly lifted. He was released later. So, yeah, dad to dad. Um, I regard myself as a public person, but my family is not public. I regard Tyler Shandro as a public person. I don't know who his wife is. I assume she's private. I, I know his kids are private. So dad to dad, my advice to you, uh, Tyler, is... Uh, don't go out in public with your kids. And by in public, I, I mean, you can go out on the street, but, you know, maybe, maybe you keep wearing your face mask um, so people don't recognize you. Um, maybe have your wife take the kids out just for a while so people can get over what you've done. And by a while, you know, just for two weeks to flatten the curve. You know, a lot of people hate you, Tyler, so just give it two weeks to flatten the curve, and then, in, you know, maybe two weeks will extend a little bit. But yeah, um, you sh it's, you've been holed up in the Sky Palace, you've been holed up in the legislature, you've been only reading what your staff have shown you, uh, you've been in a bubble, you don't realize what you've done because you were surrounded by the lockdown class. Everyone you interacted with thought you were doing amazing. Your staff loves you, and, and staff always tell you the truth. They never say the emperor has no clothes. Um, and the media, they hate you, Tyler, but, but they're lockdownists, so they love that of what you did. And you worked in a building that you know was staffed by government unions in a town, Edmonton government unions, so no one lost a day's work, or if they lost the work, they didn't lose the pay. They had the best of both worlds. They had a staycation, but the, the free money. So Tyler Shandro, for a year and a half, you've been living in a fake bubble, a sky palace, if you will, where you're up on high looking down at the little ants below, and you're up there drinking only a $50 bottle of booze laughing at the people down below who you're having arrested for getting together like you were up in the Sky Palace. So you finally come down from the Sky Palace and you walk out amongst the people and what did you, did you think they were going to throw rose petals at your feet? Do you think they were going to welcome you? They're disgusted with you. Not everyone. Like I say, the lockdown class, they love you. But you destroyed thousands of businesses and thousands of lives. You actually, statistically, you caused many deaths because the lockdown itself caused many deaths through suicide and drug addiction. And of course, the punishments that poverty brings life. Poverty breaks families up. They lead to other disease. So Tyler, I, I just don't think this is going to stop. Um, so my advice to you is keep your kids out of it. Um, or just stay in the Sky Palace, you know. Just keep ordering delivery, whatever fancy waiters you guys have working there. Just do that. Just stay up there. But if you come down expecting the little people to love you, I think, 
I think that's not going to work out. And, uh, you know, looking at the names you were called, what were those names again? <coughs> I wrote them down. Locke, Shandro, up. You're going to hear some of that. Thousands of businesses you destroyed. You're going to hear that. People who's live, you're going to hear that. Uh, businesses, you're going to hear the word Sky Palace. Um, you're just going you're just going to keep hearing that for a long time. That's your legacy. What do you think you're going to? You think you've got a future? You think you're going to be Premier of Alberta one day or something? Whatever is in your mind. No, I don't think so. I don't like uh, the fact that that someone had your children as collateral damage and your wife as collateral damage. I'll say that for the 20th time. Um, But every word that was said for you to hear, I'm completely fine with, because those are just words, unlike what you did to the families of Alberta and to the family of Pastor Tim Stevens. Um, And frankly, if he has to go to jail for breaking the health rules, I really don't know why you don't either. I should look into a private prosecution for that. I mean, seriously, why, why does that Sky Palace get a pass? They clearly broke the laws. Why aren't they being prosecuted? Maybe there's room for a private prosecution. That would be fun. All right. Um, let me just see if there's any more super chats there. Let me just quickly... <clears throat> Utward Zoni from Rumble. Wow, arresting people for not wearing a mask outside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it a lot. Super U, Hammers Girl 88. The mask is a muzzle, and it keeps the scam going. Yeah, it's a flag. It's like a team. Which team are you on? Rumble, Chronic Button 99. That is terrible to see. Not okay to bully online, but it, it is okay to bully in person. I don't know if you're referring to Tyler Shandro or the cops. The arrest, yeah. So I don't believe I don't believe in bullying, but I think what that heckler in Calgary did to Tyler Shandra was not bullying. It was just irritating and annoying. The only problem I have is that the kids were involved. So Tyler Shandra's got to leave his kids at home if he goes out somewhere where he's going to encounter an uncontrolled crowd. Stay at the Sky, take him to the Sky Palace. That looks like a great night out. Hyperchats, five hyperchats from Four Sinker. Thank you. Rumble, books and tea, those poor children, isn't that the truth? That's our show for today. I'm going to be on tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to go in depth about the Winnipeg toppling of the statues. Uh, Do we have a dog video? Indeed we do. I'll say goodbye. Here's the dog video. (laughs) 